Welcome to the Hey Salespeople podcast, where we focus on delivering immediately actionable best practices for sales professionals. I'm your host, Jeremy Donovan from SalesLoft. Hey, salespeople. It is my great pleasure today to welcome Andy Bergen to the show. Welcome, Andy. Thank you. And I also have my co-host, Rena Ambai, with me today. Welcome, Rena. Thanks, Jeremy. Andy is the Chief Customer Officer over at Seismic. They are a company who is focused on ensuring that sellers have the right content at the right time. So they're working in partnership with marketing and sales enablement to make sure that the stuff is in people's hands when they need it. Andy, just to get to know you a little bit better, just curious how you uh, how you relax in these days where we've all been sitting on Zooms all day long. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think you probably find me at the driving range or on the golf course is probably my spot where I relax the most. Yeah, let's let's kick off by talking about this concept of proactive and reactive customer success. The ideal state is that CSMs should be reaching out with ideas and tips and so on. No, no, you know, know your customer and and proactively engage them. And yet, I think so often in the industry, CSMs are in reactive mode or they're triaging support tickets. How do you think about what the different functions on your team? should do? And, and maybe just spend a minute walking through the functions that you actually are responsible for. I, I think uh, the way we've organized customer success is probably becoming more and more standard uh, in SaaS. And so with under my purview is customer success management. So from day one, every one of our accounts has a customer success manager assigned. You know, Sure, we have some big accounts and some of those CSMs have one or two accounts or we've segmented our accounts. So you have sort of different overall account numbers, uh, I would say that associates a lot with sort of how much activity is really going on within an account. So we, we work hard to balance that. I have customer success management. Second is really, we call it solution consulting. So really traditional professional services. So billable consulting for our customers. So we have a large team there. Also the support organization rolls into customer success here. So we have customers all around the world uh, offer a couple different flavors. Uh, then we also have uh, education. So we have an online university, a way for our customers to learn how to use Seismic to be certified in use of the product, you know, some industry-specific learnings. Uh, we have a community portion of that, so our customers can interact with each other. Uh, and then really we're trying to make sure that you know, we're uh, driving advocates of our platform and um, sort of all looped together with education is a group within our organization that's driving references and case studies and um, you know, all that kind of fun stuff. Sounds like every account at Seismic has a CSM. So how did you all make that decision and build that case? Whereas I've seen a lot of companies kind of toward the bottom end of their customer base have some sort of scaled model. I think that's really just our DNA and evolution. I've I've been at Seismic for five and a half years. When I joined Seismic, we were a you know, small vendor under 15 million in revenue. And one of the ways we I call it just, I guess you could say justify it, is uh, our CSMs uh, are responsible for the renewal of our customers. So there is some, we call it our commercial segments or smaller accounts. I'll be honest, I don't think a lot of those accounts have a lot of time for, you know, interactions with us. Our CEO, Doug Winter, our board really focus on making sure our customers, you know, are happy adopting the product. We have a good pulse on whether they're going to renew and, you know, they renew at a very high rate. So as long as we can keep doing that, I think my justification is there. What are some of the other things that you task CSMs with in addition to seats and features that are used uh, executing the renewal transaction? Yeah, I mean, I guess it's evolved over time. I mean, I think uh, 
you know, CSMs way back when were our more experienced folks with our product. And but we've we've kept some of the same stuff around it, which is maybe another difference for us is our, our CSM is signed, if you want to call it that, or and now they don't really do the onboarding work where long ago we probably all chipped in in some way. But you know, they're they're still involved from the very first day. So really their responsibility there is to make sure that you know the onboarding is going well and focused on the value drivers that our customers purchase the product for, right? We're really, really big on data. We do have a ton of data about the use of our product. So that's the theory. Go through the war with them from the very beginning, bring forward some of the industry knowledge that we have across our customer base and really present that to you. The other thing, you know, I think uh, I've been reading more and more about customer success lately is there seems to be a movement afoot from not just driving adoption, not just driving usage, not just reporting on those things as well, but being more business value centric. So some, you know, I guess the thing that people are going after is during the pre-sale process, you're capturing what is the business goal this organization is trying to accomplish and what are the, the metrics that they're going to use to figure out whether or not they're achieving that goal. And then those metrics and those goals get passed over as they often fall into the chasm, right, between sales and customer success, but those things get passed across successfully. And then when an executive business review happens, it's not just about usage and adoption and so on. It also is about the progress against those goals and those metrics. I assume you're trying to embrace that trend as well. And I'm curious what you guys are doing in order to embrace that. What you described is the nirvana, right? The nirvana of customer success is selling to the value that our that your product provides or you can achieve by using appropriately. And then a customer success team can really give you know a prospect and ultimately a new customer a roadmap to get there. We have a very clear roadmap on how to bring your product, our product to market within an account. Uh, we have a maturity scale, so like how we can move you up the maturity scale. Uh, you know, we have enough evidence of good use of our product impacting certain areas of you know, a company's business. And you know, enough evidence of people that have done, used our product well and seen those gains and people that have uh, not used it very well and have not seen it. So it's good empirical evidence, I guess, on where you should see you know, an impact. So that value story from the prospect all the way through you know, to realization of value, we fully embraced. What is your take on... CSAT or NPS, given that your team is focused on renewals and adoption, do you feel like that plays into it or do you typically leave it out? <laughs> I need another hour on that one. I, think. I, know, I mean, I think uh, NPS, I think, you know, broadly is a valuable tool. I have my own opinions on, I think, where NPS is real in a enterprise piece of software. We have sort of two piles of users, you know, uh, called administrative users and salespeople, really, or marketers, right, that, you know, are really using our platform to present content to customers. They, they may not even know what Seismic is. I think if you're obviously a B2C customer or, or, or platform or, you know, have millions of users or that, then I think it really has statistical relevance. But when you have sort of a smaller pool of users and may not, may not even know what the underpinning is, it's hard to really use NPS to give you any direction. Uh, there are signals in there, though. So we do use NPS. We do in-app NPS. We, we really gather it more for our customers to say, here's what your users are saying. This is the data that they may find relevant to change. For those listeners who don't know the acronym, NPS is Net Promoter Score, and you will know it as the question, how likely are you to recommend Seismic to a friend or a colleague? And it's usually on a Fred Reichardt who invented it would say it was has to be on a zero to 10 scale, but sometimes you see 
you see different scales. Uh, you, you mentioned in-app NPS. I know this is a big industry debate around when, what's the right frequency to measure NPS. When's the right time to ask that? We don't start the clock until a customer has been you know, live for a quarter. That's our cadence. Moving a little bit to, I guess, the bridge to support. I'm curious how, how you've set up the interface between CS and support. I know from talking to our own CSMs that a lot of times, you know, the customer builds a, a trust-based value-added relationship with that CSM. And then any question they have, whether it's, well, no matter what it is, they'll go to the CSM with that question, maybe some life questions too. But uh, I'm curious how you've set up that interface. Yeah, I mean, I think whenever you have a really good relationship where you're viewed as a trusted advisor to customers and you're always going to go to their CSM first or copy their CSM, so they can never really get out of that. I, I think we, we've done a good job of really making it easy for our customer success managers to say, okay, hey, this is a support situation, so I'm going to pass this on to them. And, you know, our support team is super responsive and we measure their, their NPS, right, case by case. So another place where you know, our customers satisfied with our you know, interactions with them. I think what it shows too is a uh, is just your scale. They are able, you know, to have other people help them with their problems other than just the CSM, right? So it's really important to me, I think, to pass that to the group that does that all day long. If you, if you got a bug there, that's what they're there for. They're good at that. You know, CSM, you know, sure, they could probably figure it out too. But I think involving the support team really shows customers that, you know, they have more support here than just one person. Yeah, I think the hard thing for CSMs, when humans want to be helpful, CSMs are especially helpful humans. They want to answer those questions, uh, even though they may not be uniquely qualified. And for a large organization, you actually might not want them to answer those questions, right? Like you actually want them because it's part of the way the the machine, well-oiled machines works most properly. You might actively want them to to engage support with those resolutions. They, they use the university in a lot of ways, too. So someone says, hey, I really don't understand this. How do I do this? You know, one of the ways CSM collected is, hey, have you taken this little course? Here's a good way to understand how to use you know, this feature or you know, that part of the product. And, you know, hey, take a look at that. I'm happy to answer questions after you've done it. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole purpose of that is to have really powerful training, too, right? So in, in the old days, the reason we built the university is... You know, all of the training to our customers that like all smaller staff companies do, you know, we had to do that one to one, right? We had to teach our, our customers ourselves, you know, how to use that. And, you know, as we got bigger, we found, you know, it, the way it was presented just wasn't as professional as it should be and maybe didn't hit the mark. But we had to get better at it. So a part of it is sort of using the university in a really solid way of training customers and think about them as a student, right? Not, not, just a, not just a contact. If we're able to jump back a little bit, you talked about value drivers and the maturity scale. As companies start to think about building a maturity scale, what steps should they take and what should they be looking out for? I can't claim that we're perfect. <laughs> Where we, And this has been something that what good usage is and platform data and understanding the customers or profiling them. And then really looking at, you know, who was doing well, who was, you know, not doing well, you know, frankly, who was renewing and why, you know, we're in an, emer an emerging space. Sales enablement is also sort of changing rapidly and from place to place, maybe would be defined a little differently, right? Somewhat like customer success to some degree, right? That you may go to one organization or another and it may live in marketing or it may live in sales. So we were watching, you know, the market evolve over the last, you know, five and a half years. And I would say you have to start building the underpinnings for it until you have enough evidence, right, of you know, what would represent good or you know, better or best. 
there's enough sort of evidence there to say, you know, this cohort's done really well. Here are the things that they all do the same, you know, that, you know, really do help them, you know, impact those value drivers. So to get there, this is what they had to do. As a CSM, or you want to make sure that customers get out of the gate with things they need the most, you know, and not to try to boil the ocean there. It's hard to be mature on day one. You, I mean, every implementation, every use of a platform has to grow and evolve, you know, as the change hits the business, right? So we also try to steer people with our maturity model to, hey, let's keep it simple here to start. Let's get out of the gate with the basics. And yeah, we can move fast, but let's do these things really well first. I'm glad Rina picked up the thread on the maturity assessment because I was talking with the head of customer success over at Greenhouse Software, the recruiting software company. And, you know, they face sort of a similar a similar issue that you mentioned earlier is it's incredibly hard to quantify what incremental dollar profit did you add to the company when they use your recruiting software versus somebody else's recruiting software, or just even when they use your recruiting software so or nothing, I guess. So incredibly hard to do. And they they also have a maturity assessment as part of their customer success process. If I recall correctly, a component of that is is actually, it's not hard data driven. It, it is the customer self-assessing along a number of dimensions. Is your maturity assessment also that way, a hybrid of both data as well as self-assessment? Yeah, so we have a, we'll call it our profile, right? So that it is sort of my interactions with you and how is your organization created and what sort of investment is there in that particular part of sales enablement or, you know, so there are some components, you know, and the process around it, I guess you could say. You know, we also spent a number of years saying to our customers, how, what do you want us to do? I think we've taken the last couple of years and pivoted towards, here's what we think you should do. Because now you have the information that tells you what makes for a happy customer. Yes. I was fortunate to work on a retention project. This is probably a decade or more ago. We, we went through that basically. We, the outcome was whether or not a customer renewed, and then we tried to gather as many inputs as, as we could. Were they using the product? When were they using it? How successful was the onboarding? What were the NPS scores? Like every single data point we could possibly put in. And in the end, we, we had a little chuckle in the end, which is like we built this complex statistical model. And what the complex statistical model just said to you is basically like when people, if they use, they renew. The subtlety that we did find though was like, if they use in the last 90 days specific features and functions, there's a correlation with retention so that we would track those features and functions. And if they weren't using in that window, then we made sure that they did. And then once we had done that for everyone, we went back and, you know, so ultimately we had basically the entire customer journey from onboarding or renewal all the way, onboarding or prior renewal all the way through to the end, just to make sure that like all those things that mattered were actually happening. I'm totally with you. That's exactly how we came to where we came to. Um, I mean, I think the other side of that coin is they're using that stuff for a reason. And if they use that for a reason, it does have a business impact by doing so. Right? So why were they using that? And if I flash back to you know almost five years ago when we first started sort of generating a health score, it was rooted in renewal. That's where we started, which was who's renewing and what do they use and why? I, I may sound self-serving, but really that, there's, a, there's truth to that. We've evolved this sort of health scoring over and over and over again in my time here. And it always comes back to those same things. <laughs> it comes back to the same stuff that if people use, you know, certain parts of the product, there's huge value there. If they use it to this degree, you know, they are happy. We're, we're not quite at the nirvana, but we definitely see it. We can see where we have to go. Talking through a maturity matrix or having that conversation with your customer can be tough or nuanced sometimes. 
that made me think back a little bit. When you're hiring for your CSMs, what competencies are you generally looking for? So maybe I'm biased. I mean, I come from a consulting background, you know, services background. I think uh, I really feel like customer success is the SaaS evolution of consulting. Uh, We pay for some consultants by renewal to some level and others, you know, do some work on the product itself. But I think a lot of our CSMs have some degree of consulting. We we grow a lot of of CSMs out of our services organization. So a lot of people come in, you know, serve as a solution consultant or an architect for a while and then you know, may want to have a bit more business experience, so jump into the CSM world. Um, you know, I also feel like the discipline of customer success management is rooting itself out there. I think there's a group of people now that that is what they do. They understand the, all these pieces that we've talked about. They've done it before, six, seven years ago. CS, CS as a discipline really wasn't there. But, you know, now you, you really see people that have had a lot of experience being a CSM and in this role of you know, helping drive adoption, telling stories, defining, you know, next steps for customers. And, you know, I think not afraid of a tough conversation about this part of this part of what they're doing that isn't so good. I can think of four different skill areas that CSMs might need to have. And I would think it's hard to have someone who is great at all four of these things. So to list them out, it's like things we've already talked about. There's product expertise, deep product expertise. There's sales acumen, especially if they have the renewal responsibility as they do at Seismic. Uh, the third thing is to be business value, subject matter experts, the realization of value using using your tools. And then I guess the fourth thing is would be the equivalent of sales acumen. It's like CS acumen. How do I drive adoption and engagement and execute business reviews and those sorts of things? I would think it's hard to find people who can do all four of those things. Do, do you like find people who have one or two and then you train them up on the other things? Or how do you split that, that knowledge? I also believe that customer success management is a team sport. You know, while you are a CSM, I, I also preached a lot to this team. Like, it's Im- nearly impossible to have someone that is a superstar in all those areas. We have a, you know, a leadership team that has done every type of renewal you can ever think of, right? <laughs> you know, we have folks within the organization who we, we've actually carved out a part of our organization we call adoption evangelists. So they are focused on certain personas of use of our product. They don't own accounts. They used to be CSMs, all of them. And they're trying to help figure out how to, you know, again, who has driven the adoption of certain parts of our product well and how did they do it and what tools we can help give to the rest of the CSMs or patterns that would be helpful for them. You know, so they can bring a subject matter expert in in an area where, you know, they need to drive adoption or, you know, raise their hand for help. And that's okay. I I think it is a team game. If people could see the video, they would have seen Rita and I both go wide-eyed at the idea of an adoption evangelist. Is that someone who's more of a business subject matter expert, or are they truly like they're noticing that certain features have not been adopted or vacant seats? Like, it, what level of adoption are you referring to with those folks? So we a uh, smaller team today, the new sort of debt I can say we've placed ourselves this year. And we've really focused on not just specific features of the product, but, you know, for instance, one of our uh, adoption evangelists focuses on the, the CRO persona, right? Why would a chief revenue officer care about Seismic? What do we do? And what does that mean? Sales user adoption. So how do we drive sales user adoption? Specific features of our product that are really important if people use them that uh, a CRO would care about. The focus is looking across the customer base on sales user adoption, who's doing it well, who's not, what have they done, what value are they seeing from it, 
and make sure that story is easily told. You know, if I'm a CSM and I've got a customer who, you know, is just starting out or a customer that has a problem, I now have sort of real evidence from someone focused on making sure that, you know, salespeople use it and on why they should do it. Here's how to go about it. Here's some some extra tools for our, you know, administrator, for instance, at the, or the sales enablement VP, you know, here's what you should do, right? And here's why. We found that we were asking a lot of CSMs like you defined. We, we had people a thousand miles wide and, you know, two inches deep when we really needed people to be able to focus. A year plus back, you'd have a CSM who in the morning has a kickoff call for a new customer, you know, at 10 o'clock. And then there's a escalation that they have to deal with a different customer at, you know, 11 o'clock. And then, you know, then there's, uh, you know, have an adoption meeting with third customer. <laughs> You're bouncing around. It's, it's hard to do. So we really did try to give a good group of folks um, some focus in, into focus areas, adoption being one of them. I'm always talking to you know someone else in the industry and they threw a radical idea at me. So the last question is around this radical idea, which is they said, you should just have a, a reactive organization that's expert on all things, both product and non-product, right? Business value and process and so on. And then you should have account managers. So why is that either brilliant or madness? Could it work? Sure, it could work. Uh, I think it really depends on your product and the patterns of your retention of your product. I guess I fundamentally disagree with the idea that you have someone that sort of steps in and steps out. And all, the only time they ever talk to them is 90 days before the renewal. That seems sort of unfriendly or <laughs> whatever you want it to be. You know, I, I think in a, in a mature product line or a you know, very, you know, platform as a service kind of product, maybe you do. But, you know, for us in particular, you know, emerging market, very, I would call it almost change management focused to your point, you know, you really need business expertise, evidence, you know, why am I doing this? Why does this matter? You know, like that kind of thing. The CSM is critical. You know, I, I always attach renewal here. It, that's been our evolution. Is there a time forward where maybe that's too much too for this team? I don't know. The reason why I've always liked sort of renewal there, we're very open about it. I mean, I think you even said it to you the first time we talked. I, I, our first meeting, the CSM will say, hey, you know, three years from now, I'm going to come ask for the renewal. So, I'm here with you. I'm going through the war with you, right? But know why also, or how I'm measured, right? We want to make sure you get value here. I'm not trying to sell you more stuff. The sales team are definitely going to sell you some more stuff, right? And especially if we are driving high adoption and you love it and you know, more of your company needs it. So sure, I guess long answer to, it depends. Could that work? Sure, it could work. It really, I think it really depends on what the product is, what the industry is. Well, uh, Andy, it was such a pleasure talking to you, learning from you, especially with the breadth of responsibilities that you have. I have zero doubt that uh, I just heard GDP numbers today, and I think the U.S. is growing like somewhere north of 6%. It's the highest growth rate since 1984. I got to believe uh, that tide is is also lifting the seismic boat and you guys are hiring. So if people want to find out about opportunities at Seismic, what's the best way for them to do that? Well, there's a career page right on Seismic. So yes, we are hiring. <laughs> so thanks for the plug there. Brilliant, brilliant. Well, thank you so much for being on. All right, thank you. Thanks, guys. Great talking to you. Thank you. Hey, Salespeople is a production made in partnership with Frequency Media. I'm your host, Jeremy Donovan. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever podcasts are found. Thanks for listening to the Hey, Salespeople podcast.